wonderful friends, welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary, a minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church in the beautiful city of Adelaide. Uh, it's all it's so wonderful uh, to be able to share with you once again. It's so good to have you, uh, whether you're listening to us by car, by your Faith FM app, uh, or if you're over at a mate's house, just start uh, just joining joining with him. Uh, love uh, to have you uh, on uh, on Faith FM. This week we're following the theme: the Bible and contemporary world religious trends. And today we're asking: Do all paths lead to heaven? Uh, today our co-host is uh, Eric Hoare. Now, Eric ministers to the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. Welcome to you, Eric. Well, Gary, it's good to see you again. Do you remember I was here last week and my daughter was taking me out for Father's Day? For how, a how did that go? Oh, that was wonderful. We actually went just down the road to 140 Prospect Road. Right. And it's kind of like a, um, Eastern Mediterranean food there. Oh, lovely. Um, Almenia's, I think it's called. And it was wonderful. They had all these wraps and all just different kind of food, vegetarian and on. Vegetarian. Yeah. Beautiful. We had a great time. And she shouted me. So oh, that's, that's good. one of the best. It's always wonderful <laughs> when that happens. It really is. Yeah, I tell you what, it's amazing how much fantastic vegetarian food you can get these days. I mean, everyone sort of seems to think, you know, when they're not familiar with vegetarian food, that you're, you know, eating less leaves and, uh, and cucumbers. But, mm. you know, to me... How do you find it? You know, do you have any difficulty of finding vegetarian food these days? Oh, look, it's an abundance. In fact, if you go into especially Foodland, I found they have whole shelves of different type of vegetarian food. You can even get a uh, a product that's out now. And we used to have it in New Zealand. It used to be around called Bacon Bits, which isn't bacon, but it's a mock sort of a thing. But it, it, you put it in scones and things, and that's really nice. But uh, you know, uh, it's not bland anymore. It's yeah. there's some wonderful um, vegetarian food. You Make at home, and you can get in restaurants. Very nice. Oh yeah, yeah, Can't yeah. And look, look. If people haven't tried it, it is really worth. And I, I grew up uh, eating eating meat, but uh, certainly some of the uh, meat substitutes are actually uh, so deceptive. I don't think anyone could actually tell uh, uh, tell what the difference actually uh, actually is. But tell us, what's your church up to at the present time? You're pastor of the uh, Aboriginal Church here now. That's a that's an amazing ministry that you've got. What's it up to? Well, tomorrow morning we have our Bible study. It's um, uh, we. If anybody's listening, they would like to come along at ten o'clock at uh, the Elizabeth Church, which is on Peterswall Road. Uh, you can't miss it. It's the only church on. That's that here road. in Adelaide. Here in Adelaide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Ten a.m. and we go. We have like a hot cuppa and a few bickies. I bring along for the folks, and we have a a nice time, a nice discussion time. We're going through a series of my the what the Bible says, so that's really good. Uh, and then, um, yeah, on Sabbath I'll be picking them up, and we're going to Elizabeth Church in the morning. Uh, and then uh, tomorrow on Thursday I'll drop food around. But today we actually met at the Salisbury Council. Now the Salisbury Council gives 
us a room and doesn't charge us for it. Um, they have a, um, a co-host there that will actually organise different programmes. Um, the other week we were doing um, dot painting, mm-hmm. which I found very good. On mm-hmm. We've done it on little pots, ceramic pots. I oh, say so you do some dot painting. Yeah, I've, I, I join in and, and do my You don't best. look very Aboriginal, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> you look Kiwi, in well, fact. I, I can't do any painting any time anyway. So, <laughs> but um, we did shirts the other week, T-shirts, and did some Christian designs, which was really nice. But today we had a lady from the breast screening unit, and she was covering all the questions that were asked. And there was a few ladies there that hadn't been for a while, and a lady is supposed to go there every two years. Do you know, Gary, an interesting fact is that men, that one in every 700 men get breast cancer. Wow, which I didn't, I didn't know, know that. Know, no, and one in ten women, so it's quite high. But often it's not cancerous, mm, you know. When mm. I mean, you know, they find a lump. But the thing is that she was saying is you've got to get it when it's as small as a grain of rice. Try and get it early, yeah. and that was the the message of the day. So we actually did a group booking. So we booked in October, and I'm going to get the van and pick them up and taking about seven or eight of them, and we're going to go to the Salisbury Breast Screening Unit at the Hub in Salisbury. Oh, have, you ever been, have you ever been to the Salisbury Hub? I have know? actually. That is a, a nice facility that's oh. a really but look tell me something does this mean do i understand that you've actually got a a mini bus that you can run around in Be- Yes, yeah, we have two actually. Pastor David Fletcher, uh, he covers uh, down south and he will pick up the folks from there and I cover up north here. So we actually have two and we and you can't miss it. If you see it around, you'll see the Seventh-day Adventist Aboriginal uh, Fellowship written on it and you'll see uh, a pattern, an Aboriginal pattern on the bus. You can't. So miss if it. people would like to come along to this group. Now look guys, if if there's anybody there who would like, like me to put you in contact with Eric and you're here in Adelaide and maybe you're part of our uh, indigenous uh, uh, people here in uh, here in Adelaide. Look, just our drive time requests number. This is a texting number. Uh, is o four triple eight. 80811. Now, 04888 80811. That's our standard, uh, texting number. Now, look, if you would like, uh, me to put you in contact with, uh, with Eric so you can come along to some of these programs, uh, please just text us to that number and say, I'd like to come along and give me your contact details, your phone number, and, uh, I'll pass that on to, uh, to Pastor Eric and, uh, he can, uh, uh, he can follow up with, uh, uh, with you. Now, look, let's come to some, uh, uh, a, a news update, something that's uh, in the in the news at the at the present time. Uh, I picked up uh, this just uh, uh, just a uh, well a day or so ago. In fact, it was only released um, on the twelfth of September. That's how recent it is, and today's only uh, certainly the uh, the fourteenth. Um, but this actually comes out of the UK, and uh, uh, it, it says this. More than a third of UK adults believe prayer can boost mental health, a new poll finds. A new survey has found uh, that a third of UK adults believe prayer can help them overcome mental health struggles. Now, given what we've got in our world at the present time with uh, mental health, um, this is something that I actually found uh, quite revealing. The poll, uh, conducted by uh, Savata uh, Research and commissioned by the Eternal Wall Answered Prayer Project uh, revealed that 38% of UK adults believe that prayer is good for their mental health. 
We are often told we live in a secular society, but that's not true, uh, he said. Uh, And we're seeing an undercurrent now under a growing movement of people in this country who have more spiritual awareness. The founder of the Eternal Wall Answered Prayer Project uh, told uh, Premier News. Now, I'm really interested in that uh, particular statement, and we'll move on in just a moment. But, but Eric, uh, are you noticing any undercurrent uh, here in Australia or any growing? Is there more interest in people becoming spiritually aware? Definitely. I, um, I notice um, all the time when I talk to people and um, even some people I've met for the first time that they're um, so worried about what's happening in the world that many of them are starting to think what's going on here. Some of them have actually been woken up. I think we live in exciting times where people are, are really, uh, their foundations have been rocked by what they're seeing. They never thought never see the scenes that we're seeing today and I think they're really thinking about you know is there really a God you know is there another uh, force here what's happening is you know with the evilness that we see around as well and what happened with the Taliban and all that that's Mm -hmm. going back to the days where we used to have and that's frightening in, in, in other words, they're really starting to ask some of the really big questions of life, aren't they? Oh, you yeah. know, and I'm finding in my own ministry too, there is an interest, even amongst, amongst young people, uh, who are, who are asking questions and are saying, hey, look, you know, what is actually going on in the big wide world here? And of course, connected to that is this whole uh, issue of prayer. Of course, if you happen to be locked down, like so many of my mates are on the, on the East Coast, well, I mean, hey, They've got time to actually be able to to share, to think, uh, and um, in in many cases uh, to spend time in spiritual activities. I think too, Pastor Gary, what's made it more relevant is that with the uh, ability now to use media and uh, we've got a click of a button on the phone where you can send messages or put comments in like never before in world's history, Mm. that you've got so many different opinions, people are confused. Yeah. And years ago, you know, when you used to have a disaster, you didn't hear much about it. I mean, when the, uh, when the uh, Titanic went down, um, we only heard about it in New Zealand sometime later. It wasn't an mm. instant thing. Here today, you hear what's happening. People are confused. They don't know what to believe and what to, and so I think a lot of them are actually starting to turn and, and starting to read the Bible for answers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the article actually went on and said this, the eternal wall of answered prayer. Now, this is a project that's occurring in the UK, uh, is a new national landmark which will ellipse the size of the Angel of the North and aims to profile a million answered prayers on a site uh, on the outskirts of Birmingham in uh, in the UK. Now, when uh, when asked whether there was a risk that prayer is seen as just another form of therapy for mental health problems, uh, Gamble said, uh, "What we have seen in our culture is actually the dumbing down of prayer." I mean, even on the front page of the newspaper, before the Women's US Open, um, it said, we're praying for you. Uh, now, I very much doubt that that uh, that is what we would be thinking of when we were talking about prayer. Now, I'm really interested, Eric, on this particular phrase here. Uh, in our culture, there's been a dumbing down of prayer. Uh, do you... Would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I think so in many ways. I think that it's easy to 
to say, well, you know, I'm going to pray about something and, and, you know, it's just like a flippant thing. Yeah. I think um, we've got to really think about prayer uh, and be realistic about prayer and actually mean what we're praying for and who we're praying for. But we can use it as a flippant thing when things happen around us, you know, and that's an interesting comment. Here. In other words, somebody might be facing trouble or problem of some description, you know, that might be sick, or uh, and our response uh, might be as Christians, oh, I'm praying for you. You know, it's mm. a good spiritual response. Yeah. But, of course, you know, if in fact I don't pray, mm. you know, you sort of turn around and say, hey, um, you know, that's not more than a flippant comment. Well, I, mu- I must admit, you know, I have done that myself. I've been asked to pray for somebody, and then a phone call or somebody says something, and and then I've put it out of my mind. But I promise to pray. You know, yeah. it can happen quite easily. But yeah. I think the thing is that when you're continually in prayer, as prayer is part of your prayer life, yeah. then that will strengthen, and not just something that you use when you you feel like. Yeah, it, you know? yeah, yeah. The, the article went on. Um, I think the word prayer has been dum- dumbed down, devalued as just a throwaway comment of hope uh, that makes everyone feel good about themselves. Uh, What we have to do as Christians is educate, encourage and inspire people to really engage with God uh, when they're praying. Now, Eric, tell me something. I mean, how, uh, how important do you think prayer is in the life of the church and in the life of the individual Christian? Well, it's the hub, isn't it? It's the powerhouse. Do you feel, do you feel it is the hub? It is. It is a powerhouse because prayer is when we, we're talking to our maker. Yeah. We're talking to God and communication to have that relationship is when we, we know we can pray to him because we trust him and we know him through prayer, through talking to him. I don't know about you, Gary, but when I've had, um, prayer some, and sometimes in my life, I've found, I have had an answer straight away. I've had some down the track. Um, but I know that God has listened. Through yeah, events yeah. that sometimes, you know, for, things fall into place. And there are times when they don't fall into place. Mm. But I understand to have the faith to know that God knows what's best. Yeah, yeah. I think you actually commit your life into his hands. Yeah. And then as a result of that, you actually do see the supernatural impact your life. And it may not be immediately. You know, sometimes, no. sometimes the Lord does say, Hey, look, you know, just wait a while. And it's amazing how often that response can actually be one of the most powerful uh, responses because it gives, it develops faith in you. And yet the answers do actually come. You know, I mean, I, I know myself, I mean, the, um, you know, the, the peace that comes, um, through prayer is, you know, is something that it's impossible for so many people to actually understand. I know myself. I mean, I, I love, uh, get, uh, as you know, I'm a, I'm a morning person. I love getting up, uh, first thing in the morning and, uh, I, and I like to be able to spend some time just with the, with the word of God, with, with the scriptures and, uh, uh, and then after that in, in prayer. And, you know, it's that time in prayer, uh, where you're able to, uh, both review what has been over the past few days and deal with issues that are, that you're struggling with in your mind. And you know, to me, it gives incredible clarity, uh, for the day that is coming up. I mean, how, 
Do you yeah. find that? Oh, yes. I, and, and, Gary, I'm a bit of a warrior sometimes, you know, and yeah. I find, and I think, and being realistic, realistic with the viewers, is that sometimes it's quite a, it feels like there's a burden, you're carrying a weight uh, about something that's happening. And, um, you know, to hand that over isn't easy sometimes to say, well, Lord, here it is, and you pray about it, and then you forget about it. Yeah. That's not an easy thing to do. It's yeah. learning to trust him more and more, that he'll lift that from your mind. That, yeah. he, that look, he, you know, what does it matter? You, and then I hear about somebody that's gone through something far worse than me, and I think, wow, you know. Yeah. So I think it's a matter of learning to trust to hand it over to him. Yeah, yeah. I, I know the 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 sign off text on this program that uh, we use each day actually comes from uh, John fourteen uh, twenty seven. I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives, so don't be troubled mm. or afraid. And, you know, Eric, for me, I find that that peace is so closely connected to prayer that, you know, I can't separate the two. No, and you know? you'll never find that peace in the world. I, I've been out in the world before, I was, and you can't find that peace. You know, it's it's in the Christian life. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that that that's powerful. Look, guys, let's come to some uh, uh, some music uh, now. This is a song that really fits what we've just been talking about. Uh, this song's Michael Card, and uh, he's uh, he's singing El Shaddai, the Provider, the Provider God. Uh, please enjoy uh, Michael Card uh, singing El Shaddai. El Shaddai, El Yonah Adonai Age to age you're still the same By the power of the name El Shaddai, El Shaddai Erechim Kana Adonai We will praise and live you high, El Shaddai. Through your love and through the ram, you saved the son of Abraham. And by the power of your hand, turn the sea into dry land. To the outcast on her knees You were the God who really sees And by your might You set your children free El Shaddai El Shaddai El Yonah Adonai Age to Near, though the 
people failed to see what Messiah ought to be. Though your word contained the plan, they just could not understand that your most awesome work was done through the frailty of your son, El Shaddai, El Shaddai, El Elyonah Adonai, age to age you're still the same, by the power is the Lord God in the day and age in which we're living. Love that uh, that song. That was Michael Card, and the song was El Shaddai. Uh, certainly one of my uh, my favourite songs from uh, from times uh, uh, times past. Uh, look, guys, we've got a free gift uh, for you today. Our free gift uh, this week, all this week, in fact, uh, is the book End Time Living. And now, um, this is written by uh, Pastor Mark Finlay. He is a great author. He's written many books, and uh, um, the the, the book shares about essential truth for troubled times. The past is with us. All we live with is the consequences of the choices we made back then. Uh, what choices are we actually making today? How do you want to live your life in the future? Mark Finley is the speaker uh, of It Is Written Broadcast. He shares absolutely essential uh, Bible truths in in this book. He, he, he talks about things like like um, essential Bible prophecies, uh, how to find faith and hope, how to explore the power of prayer. That is so important for the day and age in which we're living. How to gain release from past hurts. How to learn to trust God even in a crisis. Yes, and even how to survive Armageddon. This is a really significant uh, book, and the book's entitled End Time Living. Now, look, if you would like a copy of End Time Living, uh, our uh, drive time text number. Now, uh, this is uh, totally unmanned at, uh, at this point in time, but we can respond to you after the program if you wanted to send us a, uh, a message. Now, our text number is 04 888 808 11. Now that number again is 04 888 
80811. Now, if you would like uh, this uh, book, End Time Living, all you have to do is text us at 04888-80811 and uh, just send us the code SA16, okay, SA16. That's all you need to send to us. And then you'll be contacted by our wonderful, our super friendly uh, robot. Uh, you, uh, you'll love to, uh, uh, he'd love to contact you and uh, he'll just ask you for the necessary uh, information uh, so that uh, we can send this book directly to you. That book is End Time Living. It's a real beauty. Uh, it is a book that many people have appreciated and I'd encourage you. That number again is 04888. 808 uh, 11. Uh, you're listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary. And today our co-host is uh, Eric Hoare, and Eric ministers to the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. Uh, this week, uh, we're following the theme, the Bible and contemporary world religious trends. We're going to be spending a number of weeks dealing with some of the world religious trends. Today, we're asking the question, do all paths uh, lead to heaven? It was uh, uh, it was an article that I, I stumbled across. It was entitled "Trusting the Good News in an Age of Fake News." Now, of course, one of the real challenges that we do actually have in our society is the multiplicity, the in- incredible increase of fake news. And uh, the article starts like this: Odds are you're not willing to perform a trust fall. That's where you fall into the arms. A trust fall into the arms of the American or the Australian media. In fact. There aren't a whole lot of trust falls happening anymore in our society as the general social survey reports that only 30% of individuals agreed with the statement that most people can be trusted. And while our trust in our neighbour is decreasing, the trust in government and institutions is at historic lows. Uh, it's a, it's in the news media, media, which has taken the biggest hit. No one feels they can rely on the media anymore. That's astounding when you think about it. Half the country um, actually uh, distrusts uh, the media which they watch regularly. Why do we have such a hard time trusting? Why do we lack confidence in others and in institutions? Why are we suspicious of intentions, motives and outcomes? The key factor, uh, say many, uh, is the a fairly recent phenomena of the so-called fake news. According to a, 200, uh, a 2018 uh, Gallup study, more than uh, 8 in 10 people believe that news media have an important part to play in democracy, but at the same time, 75% agree that fake news is crippling the important role of the media, even uh, though most uh, disagree with, cons- with what constitutes Fake news. Thus, our society is said to be suffering from truth decay. Uh, it's actually defined uh, in in four ways: an increasing disagreement about facts and analytical interpretations of facts and the data. That is huge in so many areas. How do you actually? There is so much data out there. How do you actually interpret it? There's a blurring of a line between opinion and fact. How significant is that? An increase in the relative volume and increasing influence of opinion and personal experience 
experience over fact. You know, I'm just so conscious that what that is actually saying is so relevant to us. It's so easy for the loudest voice to actually be the only one that is heard. And uh, uh, that is becoming a real challenge to our society. And lowered trust in formally respected sources of factual information. The result of this truth, of this truth decay is suspicion, general uncertainty, disengagement and alienation from one another and from institutions. When truth goes, trust goes. You know, I found that statement at the end there. I found that to be uh, just so uh, um, so important. Now, Eric, look, uh, today uh, we're talking about uh, uh, this issue of, uh, uh, you know, do all paths lead to heaven? You know, I mean, there's so much fake news uh, in, our, in our world. Um, you know, I mean, what about the religious world? Is there fake news in the religious world? Well, it's interesting, a very important topic, Gary. Do all paths lead to heaven? I read recently in a book of two sisters who who actually got into the habit on a Sunday afternoon. They went out deliberately to get lost. They they started from one point and they wanted to end it back at another point. But what they did each afternoon, they went driving together and they took turns when they got to intersection to pick a road they didn't know and they headed up and took different roads and their object was to try and find their way back. So the starting and ending points were the same but the path was always different. So is this how the, the path is to heaven? Is there different paths that we can actually get to get to that destination? And, and a lot of people think this is quite a common view, that, you, that there are different paths. Yeah. I mean, yeah. uh, the Dalai Lama said people take different roads seeking fulfillment and happiness. Just because they're not on your road does not mean that they've gotten lost. And that's quite a popular view. Uh, many believe all religions are essentially alike, different roads to the same heaven, eventually all Jewish, Buddhists, Hindus, Muslims, Baptists, Catholics, Presbyterians, Mormons, Seventh-day Adventists will all wind up together. Are there different roads? Can each of us be part of that group on the same road? And what the Bible says is that there is only one road. You know, this is actually, this what you've actually pointed out to me, I find so, so significant. You know, when I, um, you know, even if I go back now, because in, in ministry I can go back almost close to, uh, to four decades. And, uh, when I was, uh, you know, started in, in ministry, there was a general assumption in our, uh, society. I mean, most, most uh, uh, there were very few non-Christian religions at, at that at that time in this particular country, and uh, and certainly uh, if I was going to sit down and speak to someone, you know, there was a sort of an an understanding of uh, uh, okay, there there is authority out there that can be. Uh, that can be trusted, um, but there's also things that are known as being wrong. In other words, there's these things which are there are right things, yeah. but there are also wrong things. Now, okay, people might have defined those things differently, mm. but the right and the wrong mm. that was was well known. Even the movies of the era, you know, you yeah. had the goodies and the baddies, you yeah. had the the cowboys and the Indians. You know, that's the way it, the way it worked. Uh, but you know, today I really appreciate what you've actually said there Eric because I think there's been a major transition now you know it's it's there there is no right 
there is no wrong, there's no correct, there's no incorrect. And uh, uh, I'm finding this is really confusing uh, so many people because their worldview is actually uh, so, so different to what it's actually been in certainly this country for many generations. Yeah, it's almost like, you know, the roads have been obliterated the road that you're on, and it's like a sandstorm coming over and taking away the tracks, yeah. and we're all stumbling on that road. It's interesting, there are different paths mentioned in the Bible, but it mentions only one path. Look, before we get into Matthew 7, which we were sort of talking about today, there's a very good one, uh, scripture found in Proverbs one fifteen, where it says, My son, do not go along with them. Do not set foot on their path. So there is a wrong path to be on as well. And if you look at the beginning of uh, Proverbs 1, it's talking here about evil counsel, about uh, people that are on the wrong track. And it's saying here, uh, what it's saying is, My son, do not walk on the road with them. Keep your feet far away from their paths. And this to me sounds like there's many of them on this path. In other words, but it's also saying to me that there is such a thing as a right path and there's a wrong path. Yes, and it's saying that these people are evil, even though you may not recognize it at first and you might be pulled into the wrong path. It's saying here, don't go along with them. Yeah, you know, you've yeah. seen them. You, you know, we're all we're all sinful. We're part of a sinful world, and and we we are now um, giving our hearts to Christ. We're turning away from that evilness. Don't keep going along that way because there is the right way to go. And, and you know, isn't this something, Eric? That as as parents, you know, when we were bringing up our children, we tried to instill this certainly into the mind of our, our children. You know, we mm-hmm. you know it would it's something that hey, you know, really branding the cat is not something that we wanted to encourage. You know, we discourage branding the cat, you know. That's right. That's, 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 you know, in other words, when we're bringing up our children, we point out that there are some things which are wrong, don't do it, Mm. Um, but there are other things that you want to affirm as being right and wrong are actually so core to uh, even... Any form of training. And, you know, to me, uh, this is something that so many people are actually overlooking. There's also another interesting text that I found during the week, Pastor Gary, which showed that even the evil ones knew there was a right path. It's actually found in Acts 16 and 17, at 16 verse 17. It says, uh, Once when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High, and they are telling you the way or the road way to be saved. Mm. They actually recognized that there was, and they were, and, that, and this evil spirit was actually confirming what Paul was doing. In fact, if you look later in the verses, Paul got sick of her coming around and telling people, yeah. you know, this is the right way. Yeah. He actually took the evil spirit out of her. Yeah. So even the evil ones know that there is a right way to go, yeah. but they're trying to keep, get you and move you on to the wrong road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's good. That's good, Eric. Well, look, yeah. let, can, yeah. can we come to, we probably yeah. need to come into Matthew because yeah. our time is starting yeah. to run away from us already. Yep. So Matthew 7, 13, 14 says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. Only a few 
find it. So here, what's happening here is uh, he's reducing life to two options, a a difficult, narrow road to heaven and an easy, broad road going the other way. Mm. There are only two ways to go, the true and the false. This this really challenges this uh, pluralistic belief that's in our world. This uh, this thought that there's many paths to one heaven. You know, you correctly pointed out at the very beginning of our program that uh, what we actually have is uh, this multiplied view today. That you know, to the top of the mountain, you know, you can take many paths. Now, of course, to a physical mountain, that might be very true. Um, but the reality is, is that within the Word of God, uh, that isn't what. Uh, Christ is actually teaching. I mean, he's saying something here that's super radical, you know, that there is a a narrow path and there's few that actually find the gate at the other end. I mean, this doesn't sound like many paths to one heaven to me. No, and and it's a narrow gate, so you've got to squeeze through that gate. To me, it's a, it's a narrow road where there's not only so few on it, but the other one is a broad path where most of the most of folks are going who who don't find this way. It's interesting too to know that um, in uh, Matthew twenty four twenty four it talks about the way we can be deceived, the way that we can lose our way. For it says, for false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders, so as to lead you astray to take you away from that path. Even the elect, even those that are on that path now, the elect can be taken away from there. In other words. Fakes. There can even be fake Christs out there. Fake prophets is an, is an, is also spoken of there. And of course, a a prophet is actually a spokesperson for God. And you know, to me, as I look at our religious world today, and I see some of the nonsense that's actually being spoken, mm-hmm. I've got to turn around and say, "Hey, I think Christ's prophecy has been very literally uh, fulfilled." That's right. It's interesting too, Pastor Gary, that um, if you look at um, Galatians 1, 6 or 7, I'm as- it says there, I'm astonished that you're quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. It's saying that the scripture is being watered down here. Mm. It's not even a gospel anymore. Yeah. What you started off believing is in ruins. Yeah. You know, they're not following the word of God here. You know, back in that early church, it's very interesting that there were different Jesuses that they saw, and they, they saw Jesus as a different sort of a person than we do. Some denied his pre existent teaching that he was simply a righteous man from God, whom God accepted and glorified as the Messiah. Others advocated a Jesus who was the first. Creation of God. Mm. Others, the early Gnostics, uh, they conceived of Jesus as a normal man whom a spirit, Christ, inhabited upon his baptism and who left him to return in a pure form before his suffering on the cross and an element among the Jews eagerly to dissociate themselves from him even spread the rumor that they had on good authority that he was really the bastard son of a Roman soldier so how could he be the Messiah less divine so there were all sorts of things to pull down who Jesus was as the yeah, Messiah yeah, yeah, and to put other yeah, things up yeah. so you know even in those days there was a lot of confusion and yeah. even today the Jews don't recognize who Jesus and, is and this is certainly something that, that you look at I mean, we're living in a world of 
confusion. In fact, you know, to me, one of the really interesting things, the book of um, Revelation actually talks about a, um, a an institution called Babylon. Now, to me, and you actually get a call uh, in, in a Revelation saying, come out of her, and this is in Revelation chapter 18, come out of her, my people. Now, I don't want to um, dig in, and there's a fair bit in, in that uh, text, but the thing that really jumps out at me is that the first and primary meaning of the word Babylon is actually confusion. Yes. That's what it means. Mm. And what happens in Revelation chapter 18 is you actually get this call from God himself uh, saying, come out of Babylon, or if you like, come out of confusion. And Mm. the call is actually directed to God's people, you know. And to me, I just look at that and I say, how incredibly relevant uh, is that for the day and age in which which we're actually living? That's right. And, and when you look at it, Gary, if uh, the way the devil has done it, he's pretty smart about doing it. He's infiltrating even into God's own people to get him off that path. I mean, you look at Matthew seven fifteen. It says, "Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing. Yeah. You know, they look good, they look friendly. You know, but inwardly, inwardly inside, they are ravenous wolves. These are people yeah. who are not pre- not are presenting the gospel as it should be." Yeah. In other words, the counsel here is that we need to have, as you know, as Christian people, we have to have our antennas up. You know, I mean, so often uh, I hear, you know, I oh, look, you know, that person claims to be a Christian, but look at what they're actually doing. I mean, Christ actually addressed that. He said, "You'll know them by their fruits." Yes, yes. Um, and what he's actually saying is that just because you put a label on an apple that says orange doesn't make the apple an orange you know right. and to me this is uh, this is so key uh, for the uh, for the world in which we're actually living today it's so relevant uh, to the uh, to the religious world and you know when it talks about sheep's clothing they've gained the trust of of the of those around them you know even a pastor you know you've got to really yeah. you know it's got to line up with scripture and sometimes yeah. i mean when i was being studied with gary years ago um i put who i was studying with up on a pedestal because i knew yeah. they were opening up it was exciting yeah. and we tend to place people way up high yeah and you know you kind of get all uh, emotional about it but the thing is Salvation is a is a uh, an individual thing yeah. where we search the scriptures and have that relationship with God, not the relationship with another person. It's very nice, yeah. but you know, like for instance, it says here in Jeremiah twenty three sixteen, thus says the Lord of hosts: Do not listen to the words of the prophets who prophesy to you, filling you with vain hopes. They speak visions of their own minds, not from the mouth of the Lord. So what they're saying is they're trying to please you. They they bring in things that that seem good that you can do whatever yeah. you like. Yeah. And yeah. then you'll still be saved. Yeah. No, look, that's so, so important. Look, Eric, we're going to take a, a break for some, uh, some music. But uh, look, when we come back, what I'd really like us to dig into is, hey, you know, how can we be protected, uh, from, from this? How, how is it possible? You know, yes, this is reality in the world in which we're living today, but we need protection from it. And so when we come back, we're going to, uh, address that particular issue. Uh, let's come to, uh, the Fountain View, uh, Academy Orchestra and Singers. Uh, this is, uh, the song uh, champion of uh, of love ladies and gentlemen may i have your attention i want to introduce to you 
in this corner of the good and the right stands a champion robed in white. His height exceeds the heavens. His weight outweighs the world. His reach reaches everywhere. His age is evermore. He is higher than the highest, greater than the great. No one will ever take his power away. He is mightier than the mightiest. He reigns from above. his hometown to enter this arena to raise his hands in victory for me an angry crowd crucified this king who wore their crown and they gladly watched their champion going down oh but i will never count him out for i'm a witness of the day he arose to retain the title champion of power away. He is mightier than the mightiest. He reigns from above. He's the all-time undisputed, undefeated champion of love. He is higher than the highest, greater than the great. No one will ever take his power away. That is the uh, Fountain View uh, Orchestra and Singers, and they're singing Champion of Love. And wow, uh, don't we need that uh, that Champion of Love uh, in the day and age in which we're uh, we're living? And now, guys, please uh, remember again, we are offering uh, the book uh, End Time Living by Mark Finlay. Mark Finlay is probably one of the most uh, accomplished and certainly a well-recognized author. Uh, his material is as simple, it's biblical, and it's clear. Uh, you'll love what uh, Pastor Mark. Finley does actually share now uh, this uh, this book is uh, entitled End Time Living uh, by Pastor Mark Finley now if you'd like your own copy of that we're happy to get that to you um, just send us a text on uh, 04 8011 that number again is 04 8011 and just text 
SA16. That's all you need to, uh, to do. Just SA16. And, uh, you'll be contacted by our robot. Uh, he's a, he's a kind, he's a, he's a nice robot. He's a friendly robot. And, uh, he'll, uh, ask you with the, for the information that, uh, we need, uh, so that, uh, we can, uh, can send you, uh, that, uh, we can get that book to you. Uh, you are listening to, uh, Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A with, uh, Pastor Gary. Today our co-host is Eric Hoare and Eric ministers to the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church and this week we're following the theme the Bible and contemporary world religious trends and today we're asking the question do all paths lead to, to heaven? Okay, we're starting to run out of time here Eric, please bring it together for us. So how do we know if we're on the right path? That's the question. That's okay, it's yeah. okay. And there is a warning a little text first in Isaiah 8.20, it says, To the teaching and to the testimony, if they will not speak according to this word, it is because they have no light in them. There is a warning for us. But to get on the, to be on the right path, it's found, I've found Matthew 7.21 to 23 very helpful. It says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. So what is the will of the Father? And that whole verse is there. It gives us the key. It says, the only one that will enter the kingdom of heaven will be the one who does the will of my Father. So what is this will? It's found in John 6.40. It says, for this is the will of my Father, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Also, John 6.38 says, For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of the one who sent me. It is that everyone sees that the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and Jesus will raise us up in the last days. And there's a text that tells us how to um, follow that path. It's found in Psalm 109. It says, your word is a lamp, Jesus' word. Okay, so so, so what we're actually talking about here, thy word, when we're going to the word, of course, you know, in Psalms, it's actually a talking about uh, the revealed will of God. And I suppose for, for me, Eric, one of the things that really jumps out at me is there's something special about the Word of God. And we're talking about the Scriptures here because, uh, you know, to, to me, I don't know how, how you found it, but, you know, when I've been reading the Scriptures, and I was reading, I read a, uh, four or five chapters uh, just this morning, and um, to me there is life in the Scriptures that you don't get anywhere else. In fact, you know, to me, I'm amazed how often uh, what I read in the Scriptures can actually direct my prayer life. There will be something that will bounce out that will just simply say, hey, you know, bring that to the Lord in prayer. And it's my, actually the Scriptures, you know, they are a, they are a light, they are a lamp, you know, they, uh, they give clarity and direction and hey, how much our world actually needs this. And yet, Gary, be quite honest, <laughs> it's, it's gone 
the other way, that less people believe now in the scriptures than before. People are starting to turn back now because of what's happening. But, you know, um, you're, you're in the minority now. When you, when you speak up, it's seen as politically incorrect that there are certain standards that you can't have out in the world. And yet Jesus tell us to stay close to him because when we follow his word and the word brings us light and life into our word, yeah. we change to be different to, um, to the way we were and we're set on this path that we continue to carry on if we stay close to him and just use the Bible as the uttermost uh, reference. Like when I go in my car, I'm lost, Gary. I have to put on my GPS. Mm-hmm. And I know that I've been to certain places and it's taken me in the right way. So I can yeah. trust it yeah. for certain things, not yeah. all the time. Yeah. But with Christ, you can trust him all the time. Yeah. And that's the thing is to put our trust and faith in him. And prayer is a so important part of that. Yeah. It's a yeah. whole bundle, if you like. You know, Eric, I, I really part. like what you're actually saying here because, you know, I live in a world where I, I actually feel sorry for our teachers because so much is actually getting dumped on yeah. our teachers, you know. And the answer to almost any problem is if we educate more, people, we course, we educate them more will make the right decisions but of course the reality is is that uh, well-educated people uh, just make uh, still make poor choices I mean that's the that's the brutal reality which we're facing and uh, you know the thing that really jumps out at me is that it's only when uh, a person's mind a person's spirit is actually changed through the work of the Holy Spirit uh, when they're actually uh, digging into the Word of God that's been inspired by the Holy Spirit uh, that at that point something enters into their heart which doesn't come by education. Now, this is really, really beautiful because what it means is even the most uneducated person can actually change into the image of Jesus Christ themselves uh, because uh, the Spirit of God wants to uh, take, give us a, a new heart, a new mind. You know, I love what Philippians actually says, let this mind be in you that is also in Christ Jesus. You know, when the mind of Jesus Christ is actually in, in a person, the person actually starts to think and act differently. And, um, you know, to me, as I look at it, I turn around and say, you know, is there such a thing as right and wrong? Yes, there is, you know. Uh, can I uh, well that up in myself by better education? No, I can't. Um, but rather, uh, when the spirit is living within a person, a change somehow takes takes place. And, you know, a person comes to understand that there is such a thing as right and wrong. They actually develop a, what I would call a love for the scriptures. Well, the, it comes down, doesn't it, Gary, to, to finish off what the paths are. On the right path, we have the light leading the way. Yeah. We have the scriptures keeping us on that path. Yeah. We have a changed life heading in the right direction. What does, on the other path, what do they have as a guide? They've got what is being said in the world, which is, as you mentioned, was fake news. What do they believe? You know, there's no standard for somebody. It's only live for yourself and gain what you can gain. That's yeah. the path. So this is the path you've got, the choice between good and being evil and being changed and keep on changing to know that God, whom we know and love, lights the way and gives us light and life. Okay, Eric, just just one final question then. I'm so conscious that, uh, yes, I mean, we can come back to the Word of God, but there are so many different interpretations of the Word that are actually presented out there. Hmm. Now, how do I deal with that? Well, what I found, Gary, is that, you know, I've had people throw texts at me 
as to, you know, I've explained something that I believe is in the Bible and they brought up something different. And I find it might be one or two texts out of the scriptures. Uh, but when you line up all the texts that Jesus is talking about, like a yeah. fence post, yeah. I find that's what he's saying. Yeah. You find it in the parables. You find it somewhere else. And you just line up. It's in harmony. The Bible is in yeah. harmony. But, but we can all take something out of context mm. to prove a point. But when you line them all up and you find a truth, like I thought my mother was in heaven. Now, yeah. One of those, one of them was simply, I know now for a fact, I know it and I believe in it that Jesus is coming back again to be, to resurrect those that are dead. Mm-hmm. And, and that gives me more meaning for the second coming of Christ. That's right. That's right. Because the person's not actually floating around in the sky, no. you know, strumming a harp uh, with, a, with, with little angelic wings on and if them. You, and if you don't have the Bible as a guide, then you'll listen to the spiritualists. Yeah. You'll listen to people that say they can talk to this person. Yeah. You know, one of the passages of Scripture that I really love is, the, you know, Acts chapter chapter 17. And uh, here, of course, Paul and Silas are, are preaching. And the brethren immediately sent, this is verse 10, Acts 17, 10. And the brethren immediately immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. When they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews, and these people at Berea were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word... Uh, with all readiness and search the scriptures daily mm-hmm. to find out whether those things were so. You know, mm-hmm. to me, if I had somebody as illustrious as Paul mm. preaching me, uh, preaching yeah. to me, do you think I know? Should I? Do I need to go away and check up on him? Absolutely, like you, Gary. You preach, I'll be checking up. Right. <laughs> and but I think that's the thing that keeps you right in there because you're not taking anybody's word. You're reading this. God wants us to read the scriptures for ourselves, not just to listen, not to sit in church and be a hearer. He wants us to experience faith. Yeah, and that's yeah. by reading the yeah. Word of God. And, I mean, and really, I can only encourage people. You know, I mean, this is where a daily devotional habit is mm. just so important. You know, my friends, it's so much more important than Facebook. It's so much more important than the television. It's it's really core to growing and becoming a a solid Christian. You know, I. Um, I, I can't emphasize this, this enough. I'm constantly speaking about this in my, in my church. But guys, I'm really sure, I'm, I'm, I'm really noticed that our, our time is starting to get away from us. Let's just bow. I'd love to pray for you if I can. Let's just bow together. Father in heaven, Lord, we come to you right now. Lord, I, I want to say thank you for giving us your word. Uh, Lord, thank you for giving us the gift of your Holy Spirit. Thank you for giving us Jesus Christ. Uh, Lord, thank you that your word will lead us to Jesus. Uh, Lord, thank you uh, that your Holy Spirit uh, can change us into the model of Jesus. Uh, Lord, uh, I just pray for every person out. Lord, if there's anybody right now struggling, uh, Lord, I just want to pray that you'd be with that person particularly. Uh, Lord, if there's a a financial issue, if there's a relational issue, uh, Lord, if there's a health issue, I just pray that you might move by your power that you might rest upon them. Lord, that you might heal where healing is necessary. Lord, I pray that you might respond uh, to the silent prayer of their own heart. I pray that you might be, uh, be come to them, the almighty El Shaddai. Uh, Lord, we ask, we pray these things in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Well, folks, it does look like our time's up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary and Eric Hoare on Drive Time. Big Q&A. Uh, please join us tomorrow. 
when I'm actually going to be back with uh, Pastor Will Moala, and we're going to be looking at God's message for our day. Uh, tomorrow, we're simply going to ask, is the ecumenical spirit the same as biblical unity? Now, this is a study that you do need. I'll actually be leading the study on this particular occasion. Can I encourage you to please uh, tune in uh, tomorrow uh, to Drive Time? Really look forward to seeing you, but until then, please remember Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives, so don't be troubled or afraid. May our God uh, richly bless you. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. 